Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this Friday, the 17th day in November of 2023. I'm your host, Michael Kimmett, bringing you four of the most crucial current events in cyber and technology that you need to make it through, hopefully, the end of your work week. We're going to start in Ukraine, where Ukrainian and Chechnyan police arrested up to 20 individuals who all face 12 years in a Czech prison for phone scams. Members of this group were working in call centers in Ukraine, and they were primarily scamming or targeting individuals in Chechnya. Now, what's interesting here is that the scammers were pretending to be bank security officers. They would call the victims, say that their accounts had been hacked, and they would instruct the individuals to transfer what is left of their funds into a secure account quotation marks on secure, that the criminals possessed. Essentially, getting victims to pay them for security of their funds, which of course is the scam. Now, this gang did make 8 million US dollars through these efforts, and for that fraud, they do again face up to 12 years in prison. So, if you are thinking about crime, you need to be aware that you could face substantial prison time, and if You get a phone call from your bank. Be very wary about transferring any money if you're not in your bank in person where possible. We're going to move on. We're going to move on to a software known as Zembra. Zembra is a great suite of collaboration tools, including emails. But they had a flaw earlier this year, CVE 2023-37580. That flaw allows the threat actors who discovered the flaw to steal emails, particularly from governments that use the Zimbra collaboration suite. Now, what's interesting here is that while the discovery of the first attack was uncovered in June of 2023, We now know that up to four different actors were targeting four different governments and four campaigns. And what's interesting here is that by exploiting this flaw, the criminals were able to steal not just email data, but user credentials and authentication tokens, which allow other types of cyber attacks. Now, again, the first campaign was discovered, meaning there was no fix. No one knew about the flaw in this particular software. And a hotfix was pushed very quickly. But... Six days after the hotfix was pushed that would mitigate this type of vulnerability, a second campaign occurred, meaning that a different threat actor saw the hotfix, maybe, or maybe they just worked with these other actors. It's unclear at this point, but it could have been prevented. And throughout this period of time, another campaign occurred, and then Zimbra released an official patch to all of its platforms. And despite a patch being available, a fourth campaign did happen in July. And the targeted countries include Greece, the second campaign targeted Moldova and Tunisia, the third campaign targeted Vietnam, and finally Pakistan was the latest victim. Pakistan in particular had two opportunities to mitigate against these threats with a hotfix in June and a patch in July. And this highlights a couple of things. Number one, there are a number of threat actors targeting government institutions to steal data, credentials, conduct harm. And also, a lot of these attacks are very preventable if you patch 
quickly where possible. I know big organizations have trouble because you don't want to break anything by patching, but if your choice is break something or be the victim of someone targeting you, especially if you're a government, you may want to consider uh, the risk-reward scenario there because, again, we know that these are happening in real time. Even with hot fixes, it just takes days for criminals to target you or scan or find someone who hasn't yet patched. We're going to move on to the United States in Long Beach. The city of Long Beach is down. They are the victims of a cyber attack that looks very much like a ransomware campaign. The city is not commenting on whether it's ransomware or exactly what occurred. What we do know is that critical services like fire and police are still very much able to service the community. But the city does say that there are delays with many systems and services. Uh, this can range from things like housing, online payments, notably all of their websites are down. The city says they'll intend to keep the websites down until this entire scenario is remediated. Just again warning users that there's disruption to their normal life because criminals have disabled the entire city's networks. And we'll move from Long Beach all the way to Warsaw in Poland, where there was a court office that saw a different kind of threat. In this particular scenario, the threat was someone stealing their electricity to mine cryptocurrency. Several, we're unclear exactly how many, crypto mining devices. These are small boxes that have a sole function of mining cryptocurrency, were found hidden Throughout the Warsaw court office, in areas like ventilation ducts and the spaces between floors and under floorboards. Now, the courts have fired the service that they use for uh, device and basically the organization designed to monitor and clean and uh, keep all of these courthouses up to snuff. But what you need to know is that these crypto mining devices are not just stealing electricity, they're stealing a lot of it. Each device can steal up to 250 US dollars per month of electricity, meaning if you have just four of them, that's a thousand US dollars per month. It's unclear exactly how many um, months or what period of time these devices were in the courthouse. The devices were interesting uh, because they had their own network. They were attached to a modem that connected to a network that was not Poland's courthouse. So the good news is that there is no real uh, incident in which the data from the Warsaw Poland court was at risk. Now, normally, criminals will install software on existing computers within the network to take advantage of not just the electricity, but the actual computing capabilities. But a lot of cyber defense organizations can detect those crypto miners. The physical crypto miners would be very difficult to detect, even for a crew who might be cleaning or maintaining a building, not know what they are, and assume they're part of the IT infrastructure. So again, what you need to know is that crypto mining persists. It's still a real thing. It still can be a threat to organizations at a bare minimum, costing them thousands of dollars per month in electrical costs that they don't themselves generate. That'll do it for me today. Thank you all so very much. Have a fantastic and outstanding Friday. It's going to be a great one, so stay safe, stay strong, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week on Monday. Michael Kimmett, signing off. Ciao.
Welcome back, listeners. Today's tip of the cap goes to a young inventor from Poland. Peter Tluszczyk is getting a sincere tip of the cap for his creation of something called the Life Chariot. Uh, Peter recognized that in the ongoing war between Ukraine and Russia, that many wounded soldiers in Ukraine were being transported in the trunk, or quote, boot, of vehicles that were off-road because a lot of these battle lines don't have established uh, roads or access. And so Peter invented a device that can connect to the back of most vehicles that is basically a stretcher on wheels, increasing the ability to retrieve wounded individuals from war zones. He hopes that through funding via Dyson, who awarded him a special humanitarian prize, that this device can serve not just frontline battlefield scenarios, but also areas where people might be recreationally rock climbing or having other access issues to traditional means of retrieving an individual because the intent is to quickly get them to safety in a way that greatly increases their odds of survival or recovery. So to you, Peter, for inventing such a great device, a sincere tip of the cap, and please keep on inventing.